Hi guys, my name is Juan. And I'm Melissa. And this is the College Experience. And today we have a very special guest that I'm going to let him introduce himself. Hey everybody, uh, this is Mo. Oh, well, Mari Screen, I go by Mo. So Mo, what is your role here at SSS? Uh, I'm a student success specialist for SSS. Um, I concentrate on the areas of tutoring and graduate school studies. So we're going to put Mo through the ringer on our rapid fire questions, just like we have with everybody else. So I'm going to go for the first question. What is your favorite animal and why? Uh, My favorite animal would probably have to be a wolf. Um, Why? Interesting. Yeah. I like like wolves because um, wolves are possibly, other than lions, the only animals that run in a pack but also can run alone. And I like to think of myself as that. So, as a loner and a pack animal. Yeah, okay. I like that. All right, your question. So, and this is a very heated question around the office. You can't ask. Oh wait. Wait what? You can't ask the question yet. No, I'm not asking. Okay, the okay, question. go ahead. Go ahead. Um, my question would be, what is your favorite place to eat here in Chattanooga? Oh, I, I, I love sushi. Um, so it's got to either be. I actually tried. What's the name of sushi place you told me about? Um, uh, Toto's. Toto's. I tried Toto's. So I love Toto's. I love their their uh, deep fried sushi and the public house. I love their fried chicken. All right, that's good. So next question, and then I'll let him ask the really really tough question because it's the it's the game changer question. So my next question is: Who is your favorite fictional cartoon character, Disney or otherwise, that you feel like is like similar to you? Okay. Um. It's either got to be, I don't know if, you, uh, if you've ever seen a TV show, it's called um, Static Shock. No, but continue. Okay. So Static Shock, when I was growing up on Saturdays, um, Static Shock is um, a really cool superhero that uh, used to come on WB um, in the morning. I used to eat, it while, uh, eat cereal while watching it. Sure. Um, black superhero, a younger guy with dreads. He's in high school. Um, yeah. Gotcha. Um, and and or Powerline from a Goofy movie. Okay. I, I love the movie. I know all the songs. The steps, I love the all Goofy that stuff. movie. Okay, Goofy movie, underrated movie. Yes. Like, Should be the next always. SSS Friday afternoon movie. Yes. Yeah, so yes. If I stand up and I start doing the moves, don't laugh at me. Just join in. It's a story about a single dad who, like, supporting his son. Like, it's a great story. Yeah. And it's like an animated film. You're not expecting it. And then it's like. So a heartfelt. So a little bit of a recommendation. We've got several recs, right? Yeah. Cool. All right. You yeah. can ask him. Now you can ask him the question. All right. The big question is, what are your thoughts on mint chocolate chip ice cream? <laughs> All right. Don't tear me up. But I love mint cho- chocolate chip ice cream. Get out. <laughs> I love it. Get I'm out. I'm sorry. I, so, knew, I knew where he's coming from. Get I knew. Out. I love it. I go to the ice cream show or uh, Clumpy's and get it all the time. And you go to Clumpy's. You go to Clumpy's. This has been our time with Mo. I go to um, Grad school session that we're going to talk to Mo about. <laughs> I will now be covering because Mo has to go think about what he just said. I'm sorry. I've been trying to Man, I can't, I can't trust your judgment now. What? All right, Man, friends. Listen. So from this point on, you get to decide whether you trust Mo or not based on that answer. Juan and I clearly have an opinion on the matter, and it is well known that we on the College Experience Podcast do not, (laughs) do not believe in mint chocolate chip ice cream. Hear me out, though. I didn't like it at first, but I had it with... um, And then you learned what? I had it in between two homemade baked chocolate chip cookies, 
So you like chocolate ice, chip cookies is what you're telling me. I like me. the ice cream sandwich. You like chocolate chip cookies that's and so the, do we. That's, that's okay. Way, that's the only way I eat it. But then, like, I also like the weirdest stuff, too, pistachio and almond ice cream. That's okay. I don't that's have a problem with any of that. combo. But, like, do you eat mint chocolate chip ice cream by itself? Like, oh, no. So, yes. do you really like it if you only eat it You on... like chocolate chip cookies. I'm going to stand by this. All right, we're gonna go with the chocolate chip cookies because without the chocolate chip cookies, I'm not eating. <laughs> you see, but like, okay, you can say okay, friends. Okay, friends, we can trust Mo. He's back in. He's back in. I think he's. I think he's backpedaling, and that's okay because I think <laughs> he wants to stay. But you know, we're gonna allow it. We're gonna allow it today. Uh, so today's session is about grad school. Um, obviously, we cannot cover all the information. So if you want to know anything else about grad school or something specific to your program, uh, please come by SSS and talk to Mo. Um, he's here eight to five, nine to five, <laughs> nine to five, nine to five every day, five. sometimes after five or come to opinionate. Uh, we have one every couple of weeks after five. Um, so with the, f- the first question would be, how do you start looking into like graduate programs and how do you decide, um, what programs like the best fit for you and where sh- you should apply? Um, so from my personal experience, I would have to say picking a grad school um, just depends on what you want to do in the future. Um, I went to a lot of informationals um, via Zoom, um, also uh, on campus and off campus um, at other universities. My sophomore year going into um, spring break, I went on a, a campus visits and stuff like that. That also plays a part, a vital part in where you go to graduate school um, because, you know, you're, you're going to be there majority of the time. It's kind of like going to undergrad, but um, and also you'll, you'll be an adult. So you really don't want to be in a place where you don't feel comfortable and also you don't have anything around you that you're like interested in. Or it has like some significance to location. Like for some people, they want to stay close to home, but not too far away. Um, but that's how I chose. Um, I would also say listening to whatever is going on in those informationals because a lot of those programs, um, they provide different things. Each program, it may be the same program, but they all they all provide different things, content areas and things like that. Uh, so when deciding for like, like should you go for like a big program, a small program, like midsize, like how do you um, kind of go – that route it just depends on what type of learner you are a lot of programs are online now since post-covid um but um before then some are in person certain schools are huge if you don't like being another number in in a classroom i would say looking into a mid-size or smaller university um just because of the interaction between your professors and your cohort um now if you're one of those people who want to just you know, get the work done, get your degree, and move out the way, then I uh, I would say trying for a bigger university. Um, I would say the other factor with that would be the larger the school, the bigger the program, the more potential concentrations there are within a yeah. program. For example, if you're looking at a master's in education, there may be a lot of different concentrations within that. If you go to a mid to large school, whereas if you go to a small school, they're going to have one track there's not a lot of options of classes to take maybe, and you kind of have to stay within the plan that they built for you. And the bigger the school, the more likely you are to get some options 
and and to build a program that is more content focused for you. But there are trade-offs, right? Everything has a trade-off. A smaller program, you're less of a number. A larger program, you're more of a number. So there's a lot of trade-off with both. And then also, like, uh, paying attention to what each school um, is known for. Like, for my alma mater, uh, Georgia Southern, it's a huge, now huge nursing and um, education school in Georgia. So for me, it was just a a better fit. I was already established there. um, And I know, like, if I get a degree that has Georgia Southern on it, the weight behind it from an education program, um, it'll catapult you in the right direction. All right. So the next question would be, can you walk me through the application process? Like, what does that look like? Okay. um, So first things first, I would look at them online Every program has one online. Also look at the things that go within the application process. Some some programs have have it where you need to take certain tests prior to um, applying. Um, and they also have deadlines for those things. So make sure you're not just applying by the deadline, applying before the deadline. So if you need to take a GRE or um, if you're someone who's thinking about going to law school, else has very, very imperative. I would say start to take those tests and look at those tests and, and the qualifying scores. If there's a score that is online that says median, shoot above the median score. Because if you're just trying to shoot for the median score, chances are there are a lot of other students who are shooting for the median score. And you want to make sure that you put yourself in the right bracket for when they look at your application and they look at your scores. They're like, okay, this person has a great application and their score is really good. They didn't just shoot for the bare minimum to try to get themselves into the uh, university. Um, also, uh, I would have to say when, when applying, make sure you have your letters of recommendation and things like that in order. Do not wait until the last second to get those. Those are probably going to be some of the most important pieces to your application. And who usually writes this? What what is the range of people that you need to be kind of preparing for with that? Um, it just depends because a lot uh, a lot of programs now are asking for you to get um, uh, higher higher ed officials, people who know you, know what type of person you are, know what your work ethic uh, is. Um, personally, like for me, I got my letters of recommendation from the vice president of student affairs. Um, and also the president of the university. Um, so you shoot, shoot. For, uh, there's a saying, shoot for the, the moon, land on a star. As long as you're making sure that you are getting those questions out early. Hey, would you be interested in writing my letter of recommendation to those people who know you and who, whose names carry weight? And that, that, that doesn't always um, count. It also just depends on how well the person knows you. And I think there's there's like as with everything we're talking about today, there's a balance between do you want a letter from somebody high up who doesn't really know you versus mm-hmm. somebody maybe a little lower down the scale who knows you can speak to you well, or do you want maybe both? You know, yeah. And I think a key thing is making sure you are developing those relationships early. And I hate to consider all these things transactional, but it does pay off in who you know. And sometimes that's a, you, a lot of times for grad school, you need a professor, too. So you need to pay attention to those professors that you are connecting with and keep those connections after the class is over. And, you know, also build those connections with 
people who work within higher ed or work in the college setting because you need people who speak to college you, not necessarily home you or high school you. You need people who can speak to the version of you that exists now. And especially especially those people who who are higher ups in the program that you're already a part of. Absolutely. Um, Like, say for uh, anyone on this campus, if you are a – anything with medicine – if you don't know Teresa Blackman by now, you should know her. <laughs> like, like I be in her her office every day, getting in, uh, volunteering for things. They see you doing doing uh, going above and beyond. When it's time for them to write that letter of recommendation for you, they have no problem with doing it. I trust me, I I, I know it. Um, I actually just wrote a letter of recommendation for somebody the other day. Um, I, I've never written one before. But because I know the person and I've seen them grow within the last couple of years and they're at everything that we have, I don't have a problem writing it. Um, also, a personal statements. Mm. Those those help. And if you don't know what a personal statement is, it's sort of like a cover letter. It's the thing that will help you help the uh, search committee and um, the admissions committee. Excuse me. Um, they, they get to know you a little bit better. Um, and it's from your words. And they also ask you the questions of what this degree will do for you and for how are you going to use it. So we've talked about some of the things we need to do, but applying for grad school is not cheap. No. So can you walk us through where some of the fees, I don't need to know what they are, but what fees you need to pay attention to so you can be prepared for it when the time comes? Uh, so every every program has an application fee. Um if you are one of those people who need to take GREs or any other uh, standardized tests for admittance, those fees for those those tests are are very very high. Um, so some have, excuse me, some have uh, fee waivers to where like depending on like the uh, income of the person um, and and things like that, where you can apply for those and you get to take the test once for free. After that, you have to pay for it. For but generally, every time you take the test, it's, it's there's a cost. You have to pay that right. exact fee. And if you're someone who, um, like myself, who may be um, interning into someone's office or doing student teaching, uh, you have to pay, uh, um, what is it called, uh, background fees. Um, you also have to pay... Uh, is it the insurance um, insurance fees? Just in case anything happens, the school makes you get it. I had to pay for it. I don't know why I never went into a school, but I still pay for it. A lot of programs, too, depending on, particularly the medical ones, will require once you accept, uh, they require a deposit for you to hold your spot. Mm-hmm. So there's some additional fees that happen while in the midst, which is stressful when you're in your last year before you're graduating and you're trying to get, all of that taken care of, that all these little fees pop up. And not to mention, even if you get the chance to travel and interview at a program or whatever, yeah. there's a lot of fees. I mean, there's travel costs that are associated with that. So it's important to keep track of, keep in mind that sending off the application is not. Mm, it's it's it. not the only thing. Um, and then also, once you're in a program, looking for ways to pay for a school, that is, I mean, graduate school is a little bit cheaper than um, undergraduate, and that's because a lot of students who are in undergrad, uh, in graduate school don't live on campus. Um, but there are ways for you to have your tuition paid for. You can become a graduate assistant. You can um, 
You can also apply for some scholarships. Some give them to you. I know some people are, try to steer away from them, but sometimes loans are are, are helpful. Fill out your it. FAFSA yes. when you're a senior, even though you feel like you shouldn't have to, mm-hmm. because all the loans and grants and all the things are still tied to FAFSA information. So continue to fill it out, even if you're not sure, even if you're wavering between taking a gap year or not, make sure you fill out your FAFSA. It's not going to hurt to have it hanging out in it's the not, in the balance. It's not like they're going to give you the money if you're not in school. That's correct. They will not. They <laughs> not will not. All. They're, they're going to make sure that you don't get that money if you're not taking any classes. Also, the full time of courses are different. Um, grad school, uh, nine hours is considered full time. They really don't recommend you taking anything over nine once once you hit nine because the classes are so so extensive. There are a lot of that's, it's a lot of writing, a lot and of writing, reading. It's and a lot of external yeah, work. A lot of it, mm-hmm. um, and it's also. I know a lot of people who say, I, I don't want to go to grad school because I think it's going to be harder. Honestly, for me, it was a little bit easier, but that was because we, you, you're using the knowledge that you've, you've read the night before or the day before um, and applying it to whatever you're writing that day or whatever discussion posts or conversations you're having with the, with your, your cohort members. I would agree. I think there's, I don't know if I would say there's more grace. I think there's... Although I would certainly argue there might be more grace in grad school, depending on your program, naturally. But when I'm both speaking from an educational grad school program background, so let's be very clear on that. But I do think there's a lot of there's a lot of assumption of a what you already know and b what you're doing on the outside. So there, so class doesn't seem to be class seems to be valuable discussions are valuable the reading seems to be more specific because it's more specific as you go through grad school you're getting a little more specific to what you want to do so all the classes and projects because again from the educational side of things it's a little bit more project-based so you can focus things into more what you're interested in which makes it you care about it a little more uh there's a little bit more freedom in how you express some of how what you choose to write about or read about or study even within a, a course, so um, easier is relative. I, th- I would agree. Yeah. I think there. I think there. It's a lot different, and I think some of that is because you don't have as many classes either. You're not having yeah. four or five, six classes to contend with schedule wise. But there's also a lot more outside expectation of what you're, what they think you're doing on the outside. Yes, because then they're just expecting more of you from the jump. Whereas in a lot of undergrad classes, is kind of a slow burn. They mm-hmm. don't have that. You don't really get that in grad school in the same way. Yeah, <laughs> um, I know someone who took more than nine hours, and they regretted it every day from the from the time the drop ad period ended until the end of the semester. So just just pay attention to, to things like that. One more question. So after you've applied, you've done all the things, you've taken the test, you've submitted everything, there's a record, and what's, what are things you can do? What can you do after the fact? Honestly, take a breather. That's the <laughs> Celebrate first Celebrate a yeah, little bit. a little bit. Um, but also just periodically checking in on your application. Mm-hmm. Call. Um, Ooh, make sure. Sorry, I'm going to answer my own question. How about that? Make sure <laughs> that the people who were going to be your letters of recommendation have Com- completed their letter of recommendation yes. because a lot of times, especially now, they get an email with a link and they fill everything out so you never see it. Well, because sometimes you have to like give somebody the good old little poke and nudge to make sure it gets now, done. A lot of those, a lot of the websites and programs, once you apply, like they'll tell you the the 
the school will send you an email. Let oh, you know. sure. Like, you can even look on the application and see, like, the date it was submitted, like, the date and the time. But after that, like, you don't know if it was blank or not. Let's let's just make sure you check in with them. Because mm-hmm. that happened to me. Well, and often you're asking somebody three months before you're actually yeah. submitting. So sometimes you have to. I need listen. I write letters of recommendation all the time, and I every time somebody asks me to do it, I say I will absolutely do that. Please check in with me a week before the deadline. I'm not going to be offended if you ask me if I submitted it or not. I would please, please ask. Yeah, especially, and I'm not that important. The higher up you go, the more important people are, and it's a little harder for them to carve out time to write a letter. Mm-hmm. So. I believe that concludes our questions. If you have more questions, and you should, because if you're applying for grad school, you have questions about your specific program or areas you should look into, please, please, this is a shameless plug, make an appointment to talk to Mo, because the more the more he gets a chance to find out about different programs, the more he can continue to help people. So even if it's something we've never heard of before, we have Google just like everybody else. So yes. <laughs> we are happy to help. Um, I was happy to help you make some plans and he's not going to do the work for you, but he'll help set you up on a plan. Yeah. Also pop in I, because if I don't know what type of person you are, I don't know how to help you. You know what I mean? Um, a lot of, uh, a lot of students will come in and ask for the help, but if I don't know you like personally, at least at some level, I won't be able to like help you as much as I can, as much as I know I can. Um, I speak from, a person who's going through this process right now, it's it's a doozy. It's really confusing. Um, and it doesn't have to be. You got people here. Um, it's on the name. They want to support you. They want to help people. you. you know? Ask your people. Come around. Uh, let us help you. So this is all for today. Um, I hope you all have a great week. Oh, he has something. Also, if you need a tutor, we are tutoring. We have a, a full team ready to help. There we go. Also, tutoring looks good on a grad school application, just saying. Uh, yeah, if you want a tutor. <laughs> We're always looking for tutors. Tutoring on always. either side. Just let us know. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, y'all. Have a good one.